This is episode 125 of the ATTH podcast. Good evening. Hello, my name is Rich Brandt and I am your host. Tonight we have a interview with friend and colleague and also podcast host, uh, Ms. Ana Aguilera. Uh, she is a project manager. She is a, as I said, a podcast host, and she is a graduate student at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts, in which she is working on her master's degree in technical direction. I had an opportunity to catch up with her uh, via the Zoom um, while she was uh, on the on the phone in the park uh, in, I believe, New York. So as you're listening to tonight's interview, uh, realize it's there's a little bit of a delay because we're kind of navigating the, the, the quality of the connection, but that doesn't take away from the conversation. Uh, it was wonderful to get an opportunity to finally speak with her and uh, get a chance to exchange some ideas. Um, this is a start of a conversation. Um, like I said, one of the challenges was the, uh, the connection that we had. So um, we are hoping, I'm hoping, to get another opportunity to, to speak with her and go a little bit more in depth into uh, what she's up to, what her thoughts are on some current topics, and hopefully uh, answer some questions that she may have uh, for, for me. Because one of the things that the reason... We had this conversation, the, the crux of this conversation was a question about the importance of theater, technical theater and production history. And she is currently working on a thesis project uh, to discuss some of that as well as some other topics, um, uh, which uh, are important to uh, the understanding and the disbursement of, of information about the, the, the topic. Uh, before I get too far down into this, uh, this explanation, you should check out uh, her podcast, which she co-hosts at Theater Art Life. It is, the, it is at theaterartlife.com and it is called the Theater Art Life Podcast, very aptly named. So if you go to theaterartlife.com slash the theater art life podcast you can find uh their latest episode as well as their archive of episodes they are currently right now up to episode 74 uh and they have what seems to be a wide-ranging uh group of folks that they're interviewing and talking to and it's absolutely worth going and checking out uh, of course the information and link will be provided in the show notes for today. So I don't want to go on too much longer. I'd like you to listen to this uh, beginning of this conversation uh, and hear what uh, what we what we talk about, what we share about. Um, it, like I said, it's a little rough in a couple of places just because of the, the connection. And uh, about halfway in, uh, our connection kind of dropped off. And so it, it might end a little abruptly uh, at the end. So just be aware it's not a mistake. It's just kind of how it, it all played out. But, you know, that's the, that's the joy of making content. Uh, not everything is, is neat and clean. And sometimes, you know, a little, a little roughness is okay 
because uh, it adds a little bit more texture and a little more uh, color to the to the conversation of, of what's happening. So without further ado, explanation or goings on, I bring to you my conversation with Miss Ana Aguilera. So it's recording. Excellent. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you may be. Today, I am joined by Miss Ana Aguilera. Hopefully, I have said that correctly. Uh, she is calling me, zooming in uh, from New York. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I'm currently in New York, not my hometown, but I am here. Excellent. And she is a stage manager, theater person, all-around theater person, and student. Is that all correct? Yes, I am doing my master's in technical direction at the North Carolina School of the Arts. And yes, I've done stage management and some technical theater, carpentry, some aquatics for water shows and other things. And she has been generous enough. She actually approached me um, in, in another conversation about theater history and some of the work that uh, has been done with the Archiving Technical Theater History Facebook group over the last however many years. But it has led to uh, uh, a lot of discussion and, and hopefully uh, some direction for uh, what is going to be your upcoming thesis. Is that correct? Correct, yeah, this, uh, I'm gathering information on anyone who's doing any kind of research on history and technical theater. If you have anything to add, please let me know. I am delighted to hear all about it. Well, we will be certain to put uh, any kind of contact information uh, for you, for your project, for your thesis uh, in the show notes and we'll do a plug at the end. So let's keep that in mind. Um, but the, the big question I wanna ask for you right now is uh, first of all, how are you doing uh, with, uh, with what's going on in the, the COVID world? And um, what's been your experience uh, lately with uh, theater and design and performance? Has, have projects been coming up? Is, have you been hearing a lot of uh, questions about whether or not uh, there's going to be uh, in-person theater where you're at? What, what's, what's the story? Um, COVID. In general, I feel I've been pretty sheltered from COVID. I was lucky enough to enroll in the master's before, right before it started, and I'm going to finish right after hopefully it finishes and we're done with this thing. Uh, but no, we did, we, I did an in-person show and here in New York, there are shows coming up and they're in person and they are asking for vaccinate, proof of vaccination in general. Um, they were talking about making it a mandate to have all employees be vaccinated. But yeah, that, that is what, uh, in a nutshell. The, uh, the, cause I've been, I'm probably like yourself, I've been reading a lot of the, the messages that have been coming across, whether they be on the social platforms or in 
regular Yahoo News or Google News or wherever you get your, your information from. And there has been a big champion of, uh, you know, theaters reopening. Oh, this is, this is going to be wonderful. Um, and I know that, like, like some people, I'm a bit skeptic because it's going to, it, while it, it's wonderful, I'm happy that, that people are getting back to work. But I'm a little skeptical about, you know, it being a full-throated, let's go, let's go get them. That it's going to be a feeling out period of, of seeing what people are comfortable with. What is, uh, what is your feeling about, about uh, shows coming back and, and live performance coming back? I think we, many of us need, just need for the sake of doing it to go back to work and also financially. I also think we've learned lessons that will allow us to keep doing that. And I do not dismiss hybrid events and virtual events being a, a thing of our way of producing. I do hope, maybe I'm very hopeful that we're just gonna keep moving on and keep producing in whatever uh, way we need to adapt to, to keep doing. Yeah, adapting is 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 kind of the uh, the motto of of people who um, work in some form of of creative field. You know, it's well, it didn't quite work out the way that we wanted, or it's one of those uh, challenges where you know we may not have all the the tools or things that we we uh, we we need or want. But we're gonna make we're gonna make this this show happen. I know that that happens a lot. Um, I recently came across a, a post, and this is something I've shared on uh, on the socials. But uh, I'd like your reaction to this. And uh, the 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 way it's phrased is, it says we need to stop glamorizing overworking. Please, the absence of sleep, good diet, exercise. Relaxation and time with friends and family isn't something to be applauded. Too many people wear their burnout as a badge of honor, and it needs to change. This is a, this came from, it's credited to a, a person named Katie Leeson, and I found it on Stage Directions magazine. And I'm curious to know your thoughts about what, uh, what life in the theater is like for you, what it, what, or what it, uh, what it means to you. I, I fully agree, and I have to admit, as I was telling a friend today, that I am a full-on millennial, and I advocate for mental health and a good lifestyle that we seem to have been deprived for by a generational out of luck, I guess. <laughs> but um, yes, I, I've always seen myself as like three bins in one. It is my body my mind and my soul and every time one of those is not in balance it doesn't matter how much i love what i'm doing it's not gonna work out and so i try and it's hard in the industry but i really hope we change that i don't know how i understand it's expensive i understand and i keep hearing all the time from especially um people that have been in the industry for longer than i have but this is how the industry work, works. But I've been in the industry long enough to, to know that there is a way to do it differently. And I hope we can move towards that. I agree. 
I, uh, I am impressed by some of the, the larger organizations um, that are starting to make some headway and at least having the discussion. I know two, uh, two or three of the, the big uh, uh, topics right now other uh, is mental health, mental well-being, let's just say, um, because I think that's much more encompassing than just mental health. I think mental well-being, physical well-being is, is a huge thing. Um, also, the discussion of the getting, moving away from the 10 out of 12, the practice of, 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 of producing a show in that manner. And then the, the third is representation on stage. And uh, I've been through, like yourself, a lot of these, these, these things. And I can say with a certain amount of certainty, there's, there's a phrase for you, um, that there are things that have happened in my early journey of, of theater that clearly should not have happened, that um, uh, are things that were taken as the norm and shouldn't have been. Um, I, I guess for, for, for you, if, so we've talked about a little bit about mental, mental well-being. Um, how would you, uh, how would, what, do you have any feelings or, or thoughts about uh, uh, the, the other two topics, um, whether it be the time spent producing a show, again, the, the, the technical schedule, because for someone who is going to, who's working into technical direction, how does that affect, or does that affect your approach? And then the second thing is uh, obviously representation. Um, more uh, uh, women, more people of color, more um, uh, uh, avenues for folks who have been marginalized being able to have these opportunities or to be able to grab these opportunities to, to, to be uh, a part of the, the, the worlds of, of creative. All right, so it is mental well-being that you were thinking, and then 10 out of 12 and racial issues, or in, I would say equity and diversity. Mm -hmm. um, 10 out of 12, it's funny, but I have to say it, this is a very American thing. 10 out of 12 is a very American thing. <laughs> um, that being said, the overwork, being overworked in the industry is not only American thing. And there's so much I can just say to that. Properly staffed, properly trained people. Like we have a goal, we plan for that. It's gonna be a lot of money regardless. So plan for that. that that's I think what it comes down to in my head when I think about 10 out of 12. I, I don't wanna do that. I, I'm, I'm not interested on those rules. <laughs> um, so yes, more human hours because we need to have time to eat and sleep and be humans and do the laundry and get back and, to and back and forth to work. So totally for that. I hope we do make some progress. And yes, the industry has always been very elitist and we can change that too i believe maybe i'm a dreamer um <laughs> but uh yes i do think and well i am not american clearly and not a guy 
and I've made it this far. It hasn't been easy, but I'm here. I love it and it's possible, but we definitely make to have like, why do we have to fight to for a place? And it, it could, it, it, they're very complicated, they're very complex questions. There's too much to them, but if anything, I'd say, don't expect, don't assume and don't expect that people with a different background is gonna know the same as everyone else will, but that doesn't mean we can't learn. And as we were in our other conversation, that doesn't mean that there are not other ways to do things. So it brings, diversity brings richness to, to the conversation, to the way we do theater, to the stories we tell, to the way we tell the stories. I agree. I, I, I find that if we keep doing things the same way or re very repetitive, which we are known to do, you don't embrace the, uh, as, as my Trinidadian friends would say to me, they would say, Richard, you don't understand flavor. You, 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 everything is very bland. You don't understand that there's so much more to, to, to what, what, what's out there. So I agree. I think there's much more flavor out there to, to be had. And we're in the process of just scratching the surface of discovering what has been there and just not, not embracing it in, in some form or matter. Um, the, the, so here, here, here's an opposite question. Um, are you familiar with uh, Simone Biles and her recent withdrawal from the Olympic Games in gymnastics? Yes. Okay. There has been a great um, wringing of hands about, uh, about her choice. And there are some folks who applaud her for, for taking a stand and saying, I am not comfortable do this, to do this because of my mental well-being. On the other side, there are folks who are critical of her because they say, well, wait a minute. This is, this is the meaning of, of competition. This is a meaning about stepping up and standing up to the, to the challenge at the time. There is a, this name may, may not mean much to you, but there's a gentleman named uh, Henry Cejudo, who was uh, an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. And he talked, now he clearly is an Olympian and, uh, he's, he's, and he was a former UFC fighter, or I, he may still be. But he, from his perspective, as someone who has competed at that highest level, his view was, you're, you're a competitor. What do competitors do? They go out and compete. You know, you don't step into the, the ring uh, and uh, just not, not do anything. You're there. You know, people are, you know, this is, this, is, this, is your, this is that time where everything has to culminate together. Now, as someone who is not an athlete, as someone might, like myself, is a hobbyist at best, um, you know, it's e very easy for me to be like, uh, you know, I don't want to do this or I, 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 I might want to do this. But the time and effort to become an Olympian is, is, a, is a heck of a process. And it's, it's painful to watch someone who has spent all their time training to, to at the, there's never a good time, obviously, to, to have that moment of, of doubt, especially when now you're on the, at that, 
at that platform. But I'm curious to know what, what's your feeling about the difference between uh, uh, stepping up to the moment and is there a difference between pushing through that doubt uh, and, and realizing that maybe this isn't the thing to do? Because I've been wrestling with that because I can, I can see it from both sides, but I don't know, I don't necessarily put my flag on either side completely. They both make good points. I also think this is a very cultural question because the binary of things, the ones and the zeros here are very prevalent. Um, I think we're humans before we're anything else. And in that you choose and there's a time and a place for both of the options you're presenting. Sometimes you have to push through and sometimes you have to stop and take some downtime and reconsider, reflect, or just don't do what you're supposed to do because you don't want to do it. And I do not know, like, I mean, I, I've read a little bit of what's in the news, but I don't know what the actual circumstances of her are to make the decisions and the choices she, she's made. So, I am sure she's making the right call for herself. And as such, I, I respect that. And I have absolutely no right to judge on someone else's decision on doing with her career and life, whatever she wants to do, because I don't know her, like, regardless, even if it was my brother, I do not feel I have that right to do so. But this is a person I don't know. <laughs> like, I just know what the news told me, and I don't think I am entitled to anything in that conversation. I wish her the best. I think she's brilliant. I think she's very smart and talented, and she's pushed the boundaries of what being a female athlete is and what being a woman is. And I admire her. And whatever she thinks is best for her i hope she's right and i'll support her for that just from a woman to another woman full support on that note who in your theater life is someone that uh inspires you or has helped inspire you or mentor you to to where you are today um well i'll keep talking about women right because you said on that note. <laughs> well, but, uh... it's, it's, I mean, I, 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 you know what? You're right. And in, in, in my, my binary mind, uh, because I, I know that I've had male and female uh, people uh, who have pushed me in different ways. And so I apologize. I apologize for being narrow minded on, on that point. It, it, it just something I didn't think of. So uh let uh, broaden the lens <laughs> uh i don't i've struggled i've looked for mentors and there there's people i admire a lot one of them and i'm gonna give a shout out to i also have a podcast and my podcast co-host anna rob uh she is pretty cool a very smart person very open-minded very always open to a conversation and to steer you help you steer you in the direction you think is the right one i don't know she has a very good way of 
having a conversation, which I appreciate. And then there's women like Don Kiang uh, in lighting, who's also a very interesting person. Um, I have a very good friend in, in Switzerland, and he's fought so much about trans people in the industry and he's a stage manager and he's just got this way to approach theater and life and I don't know I think I could just look around and there's so many people I could just point out and the great things but I admire the women that came before me and passed the way and and I was like how is to see women in tech in this industry and that have thrived and succeeded and I really appreciate that I agree one of my uh, uh, I didn't realize it until much much years later how much of an influence my original lighting teacher uh, had on me um, because she pushed me in, in a way I, I didn't realize it until long, long, much later, because at 19, 20 years old, I was pretty dumb and not aware and not, not, not really grasping what was, what was going on. Uh, my, uh, my original lighting teacher was uh, Kathy Perkins, of, uh, of formerly of the University of Illinois and now formerly of uh, the University of North Carolina, I think in Chapel Hill, I believe. Um, uh, she pushed me in a lot of different ways, some of it very subtly, to be a, a little bit more curious, to, to be a little bit more uh, interested in the things that are happening around me and, and pay a little bit more attention to the, the various stories. So um, I, I will give a, 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 a hello and a shout out to, to, to Kathy Perkins because she clearly has, uh, has deserves it. As we end tonight's podcast, I'd like to say again, a big thank you to Ms. Ana Aguilera for her time, for her energy, for reaching out and sharing her thoughts in this conversation. Like I said, I look forward to our next one, which hopefully will be a little bit longer We'll talk a little bit more uh, about uh, various wide-ranging topics, but also get into the, the meat and potatoes of theater production, uh, history, um, and a lot of the, the issues that are surrounding it today and where it might be going in the future. Again, if you'd like to listen to Anna and her co-host um, produce their show, uh, it is the Theater Life Podcast. I screwed that up. That is actually the Theater Art Life podcast. Let me get that right. Make sure I do that correct. It's the Theater Art Life podcast. And again, I'll put this in the in the notes for for the show. Also, as uh, one of the things that got uh, lost as we were doing some of the editing, as best we could to to make this episode happen. Uh, Anna is doing a research project for her thesis, and she said that uh, if there are historians out there or some folks who uh, have some information, uh, whether they be books or contacts, and uh, as it relates to uh, anything associated with her field of technical direction, uh, please reach out to her. Her uh, official email is 
annaadrama at gmail.com. Let me spell it out for you. It's A-N-A-A-D-R-A-M-A at gmail.com. Um, you can also check her out on uh, her LinkedIn profile. Uh, just look up her name at Ana Aguilera. That's A-G-U-I-L-E-R-A. Uh, let's uh, let's let's keep uh, let's keep sending her some good information, helping her with her uh, her thesis project, and uh, and of course we look forward to congratulating her when she graduates with her MFA uh, in December from uh, from the University. Of North Carolina's School for the Arts. Hopefully I have said that correct. Yes, the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. So I'd like to again thank you, the audience, for checking us out again for another episode. Um, if you feel like I've done something wrong, uh, you got a complaint, send it my way. My email is archivett24 at yahoo.com. If you got something nice to say, Send those along too. Again, my email is archivett24 at yahoo.com. If you have a suggestion or just want to just say, hey, again, send me an email, archivett24 at yahoo.com. My name is Rich Bryant, and I have been your host, and this has been episode 125 of the ATTH podcast. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>